Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, this afternoon had uh, the Lord specifically, I believe, dealt with me about to talk along this subject tonight. I'll talk a little bit about prayer tonight. And, um, and of course, you know, when you start talking about prayer, you have some people who are like, yes. And then a lot of people's eyes kind of glaze over. Uh, prayer is such an important thing. And, and uh, it really is a privilege and an honor to be able to pray. And, you know, we know the saying that John Wesley said that it seems as though God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. And so um, prayer is important. If you study the life of Jesus, Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. Uh, he didn't do what he did just by default because he was the son of God. Uh, the Bible says he laid aside those heavenly prerogatives and abilities that he had and came as a man. And, and uh, so we can look at his life as a model for our own, uh, how to do life. And, and, of course, well, he was in the ministry. Well, yes, but how many know that it still spills over into life? And um, he was a man of prayer, and there were seasons of prayer. And I'll just say this, too. As a church, if you didn't know it, we're in a season of prayer as a church. Um, and, and I don't just mean just Monday night prayer, but specifically in the last year, year and a half, there's been a new uh, uh, directing of the spirit in the area of prayer. And if you're not aware of it, I encourage you to, to, to raise your spiritual antenna a little bit and get involved in it. Um, you know, I know Monday nights, we have Monday night prayer. And, and if you can come out, come out. We'd love to have you. I know that sometimes people can't come out. Uh, and that's fine. If you can't come out, we understand. But at the same point, you know, if, if you can, I, w- I would encourage you to make the, the, the decision to put other things aside, if you can put them aside and come. Uh, it'll be a blessing to you, but, but it'll also be a blessing to the church. You know, something that was said when I was in prayer school that has always stuck with me, and I don't remember the exact wording uh, that Keith, uh, uh, Jim, not Keith, <laughs> Jim Hockaday said. He said that um, uh, there will be uh, plans and purposes and, and desires that God has planned. And I said, I'm paraphrasing how he said it. How he said it is much better than the way I'm saying it, but um, much cooler sounding. But anyway, these things placed in the heart of people that will go unborn uh, for the only reason because people didn't pray them out. There will be things, pl- the plan of God, the heart of God, the purpose of God, the will of God. That will be, how many know these things are not just in the earth uh, irrespective of us. They're here with our participation. And so these things, he said, you know, there will be many things that go undone and won't happen just because people didn't pray them out. And, um, you know, something that's always kind of stuck with me. And, and um, you know, if we're going to do what God's called us to do, not just individually but as a church, but even the body of Christ, there's got to be, a prayer has got to be an important, important aspect of what we do. It's got to become a priority to us. And, um, you know, it's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing. And, and you know, if you're, if you're in a place where you kind of struggle in that area, it's like anything that goes against your natural will, uh, you've got to spend time and push through that. But there's grace there once you do. Um, you know, anytime your flesh, you know, we're always in a battle with our flesh. No matter what it is, you're always battling our flesh. Uh, our flesh is always warring against us. Your flesh is always, want to, is always going to want to do things to satisfy itself. And some of those things are fine, but many of those things are not. And um, when it comes to any number of things, your flesh is never on our side. It's never for our benefit, typically. Uh, very rarely is it looking out for our best interests. Well, you know, if, you, if, you're, if our response to the call of prayer is basically is based upon what's easier or what's appealing to the flesh, no one would ever pray. Um, it just wouldn't happen. Uh, but it is necessary, and once you get used to it, you can develop a taste for it. 
and, and an ability and a grace there. You know, early on uh, in, in, in learning to pray, uh, and, and it's something you have to learn how to flow with the Spirit of God in prayer. Um, you know, it would take me some time to kind of locate my heart. You understand when I say that, when I say locate your heart, you know, to, 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 to get out of my head. Have you ever prayed before in your mind it's just going 90 miles a minute? We've all been there, right? And if you haven't, then you've never prayed because uh, uh, when you pray, your mind will do that. And, and even still, you know, it's still, there's still, no matter how good of a prayer you are, no matter how often you pray, there are times where your mind is just going to want to run away from you. And, 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 but generally, as you practice and you spend time doing it, you learn how to discipline your mind and how to push through that and locate your heart, get past thoughts up here and actually begin to connect with the real you, your spirit, and pray. And, um, you know, if you'll take the time to do it, you'll learn that for yourself. I remember when I, when I made the decision years and years ago to get past that, and, 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 and it was something that took work. It took effort, something I had to purpose in my heart. This is what I was going to do. Um, now, you know, I can, I can locate my heart and connect with my heart and, and connect with the Holy Spirit in prayer almost instantly. Uh, like I said, we always have times where the enemy or, or just our mind, let's just let's blame it on the enemy, our mind is preoccupied, and, and those times come, but as a general rule, it's gotten very easy to do that. Uh, it's gotten very easy, and I'll tell you, you know, nights like tonight, we'll talk about this in just a minute, but nights like tonight when we're worshiping God, this is, I mean, a worship is a type of prayer, and if you'll get good at doing that, you'll get good at locating your heart. You'll, you'll become very uh, adept at locating your heart and connecting with your heart and, 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 and having your mind begin to fall in place where it belongs. How many know our mind is not, shouldn't be number one? Our soul, our mind, will, emotions shouldn't be first in our life. It should be, it should be down the list. Now, it's important. And how many know our body shouldn't be first? But how many know both of those are warring to be on top, right? I mean, they both want to be at top and at different times if we'll be honest, at different times, they gain supremacy in our life, you know, and uh, like Dan talking about wide right. I mean, I had to really discipline myself not to let my flesh take, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> after this season, nothing bothers me. But anyway, um, you know, our, there are times that, that our flesh would want to get our mind or our body want to get the best of us, and you got to learn to discipline that, but that's something that you can develop. And so we'll look here in Ephesians chapter 6, and this, like I said, will be just more of a, a good teaching for us, but Ephesians chapter 6 in the 18th verse, it says, praying always. So we can see here from the very beginning that, that prayer is not just a once a, 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 and every now and then deal. It's not just a church service thing. Uh, it's not just a Monday night thing, but it, it should be something that goes on throughout our life, throughout the day. You know, you can, you can maintain, what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. You know, and there are different, different types of prayer, but on the basic level, prayer is nothing more than communication with God. Sometimes we like people like to religiousify stuff too much and make it seem all ooh. It's not. It's just communication with God. That's what it is. And you can go on. I like something that um, uh, Marty Blackwater had said years ago that you know maintaining an uh, uh, an ongoing dialogue with the Lord throughout the day. You can develop uh, 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 an awareness to to the presence of God and an, just a daily ongoing dialogue just by. Just by having him on your mind and thinking about him and, and yielding to that and, and conversing with the Lord, um, it says here that praying always. Prayer should be something that happens throughout the day at all times. It doesn't have to be broadcast. How many of people don't have to know you're praying? <laughs> Most of our prayer life probably ought not be done so other people know that we're doing it. People who are always walking around wanting everybody else to know they're praying, 
generally their prayers go about as far as their vocal cords go because that their, their, their reasoning is wrong for it. Now, at the same time, we shouldn't be ashamed if somebody hears us. How I many know timidity in our prayer can, can affect our ability to pray? You know, if we're super timid in how we pray, we're too afraid people might hear us, it affects our ability to connect our heart and to connect with the Spirit of God. Why? Because we're letting other things influence us. And really, once you get past it, it doesn't matter how you pray. You know how to access that and how to work with God. But, you know, uh, uh, our, our, our intentions ought to be right when we pray. Amen? And nothing we do should be done so people can see us. I said nothing that we do should be done just so that people can see us. It says that everything we do, we do it what? As unto the Lord. Now, other things we do for other people and we have to do for other people's benefit, but our heart ought to, ought to always be done for the Lord and unto the Lord, right? How many know that, that our actions, is completely side note, but our actions, the things that we do, uh, uh, it's, all, uh, it's all, all the works that we have of salvation, the works in our life, uh, they're being added up and some will produce for us and some won't. And if our, if our heart's not right in what we're doing, no matter how good it is, if our heart's not right in what we're doing, if, it's like it's in our giving. If you're only tithing because so you can serve in a department, your heart's not right. Now, you need to tithe so you can serve in a department. How I many know serving in a department is, is crucial? That was weak. How I many know serving is crucial? Now, I know on Sunday night we have more of the home crowd here, you know, and, and most people serving it. But if you're not, you know, whatever is causing you not to serve, put it to the side. Get over yourself or it or whoever it is. Maybe it's me. Get over me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm your problem. Well, if that's, well, you know, God's bigger than me. Uh, hallelujah. So whatever, it is, if it's uh, Kira breaking cups on Sunday morning, God's bigger than that. <laughs> By the way, that was perfect this morning. But anyway, if you were here this morning, you missed God. But uh, unless you're serving elsewhere. Uh, but you know, we can give just so that we don't, uh, uh, you know, our, our motivation can, we can have a lot of motivations and it not, not produce for us. You know, a lot of times people, their finances aren't producing like they should because they're doing things for, for, so that men know they're doing things and really they're not doing it as unto the Lord. You know, our, your heart is so important in what we're doing. Your heart is vital. But anyway, it says praying always with all prayer. We found a place praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So it can be done outside of the spirit. Let me know that that doesn't produce anything. But preparing always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication with all the saints. And so he, he says praying always with all prayer and supplication. So I'm going to focus on a couple different types of prayer, but just real quickly, uh, we'll just run through some of the others. Um, the Amplified of that scripture says praying with all manner of prayer. The good speed, which if you can find a good speed translation at a used bookstore somewhere, buy it. It is wonderful. Who has a, a good speed? Am I the only one? Am I the only lucky person in this room? Has a, if you can find one, find one on eBay, I encourage you, get it. It's awesome. But anyway, it's not in print anymore. The good speed says use every kind of prayer. Uh, but there's a lot of different kind of prayers, a lot of different uh, uh, types that are out there. Like I said, there's two that I want to focus on in a minute. We're to mention the prayer of worship. Uh, and, we, and I always like to mention this first because worship is the highest form of prayer. Worship is the highest form of prayer. We ought to be good, become accustomed, and, and, and comfortable worshiping God. 
We ought to be comfortable doing it. It's the highest form of prayer. Why? Because it's not towards us. It is completely towards God. It's complete magnification of him and honoring him. It is a sacrifice. We're putting aside everything else and we're just putting our attention on him. Worship is the highest form of prayer. And, and it's the one probably the enemy fights the most uh, because it, it, he wants us to have our, our attention other places or to not be comfortable. We, we ought to be comfortable worshiping God. So we ought to be comfortable worshiping God. And everybody can develop that. No matter what your personality is, you can become comfortable worshiping God. And, you know, uh, um, and it's something obviously we do when we're here together, but it's something that should go on on every part of our life every day, just a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of worship and and honor towards the Lord. So we have that. We have Acts chapter 13. I'm not going to read all these scriptures. You can write these down. Acts 13, 1 through 3. Uh, Luke 24 also speaks about uh, the prayer of worship. Have the prayer of faith. You can look over there in Mark uh, chapter 11. Like I said, a couple of these I'll read. Some of them I won't. Uh, But Mark 11 uh, 24, scripture, we read it this morning. We'll read it again. Um, I think we read it this morning, yeah. It says, um, this is a type of prayer. It's a prayer of faith. It says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And you know that a lot of people's prayers, this is the only one that they ever do, is praying to get something. And, and praying, to, the Lord wants us to come to us. The Bible says you have not, why? Because you ask not. It's not that he doesn't want us to have things, and so he, he encourages us to come to him with our request, right? It says, make your request be made known. He wants us to bring these things to him. How many know that our prayer life ought to be more than just the prayer of faith looking for stuff? Come on now. Anybody, anybody any, of our, any of the parents in there who have children, right? You want your kids to talk to you, not just when they want something, but you want them to talk to you at other times as well, right? You don't want just the give me something. You want a relationship. How many know give me is not a relationship, it is an aspect, an aspect of a relationship, but it's not the foundation of a relationship. Really, the prayer of worship is a foundation of, uh, of our relationship with God, right? But, but the prayer of faith is a vital thing, but it's something that we ought to be doing. You ought to pray about the things that you need. Now, things that have already been promised to you, and delivered, you need to claim them, right? But when you're something you're requesting or something you're needing of God, the prayer of faith is something that you should go to God about. Don't just think because you need it, you're going to get it. But you need to approach God about these. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, right? It doesn't say whatever things you desire when you need them. Whatever things you desire or ask when you pray. And so the prayer of faith is an important thing. Now, of course, all prayer requires faith. All prayer requires faith. You know, there, there's a lot of people say, well, there's power in prayer. There's no power in prayer if there's not faith involved in your prayer. Even the prayer of worship, if you're just saying words, but there's no faith involved. How many know it doesn't do anything? It doesn't, if you don't believe God actually hears you, if you're just saying glory, hallelujah, and it's just words coming out of your mouth and you wonder why, man, I just, I just can't, I just don't get it because there's no, there's no faith involved in it. Your heart's not connected. Faith is of the heart. And so uh, uh, faith is required in everything that we do and every type of prayer, faith is required. You gotta know that when you pray, God hears you, Right? So you have to know when you pray, God hears you. His, his ears are, are, are open towards us. I always love what Jesus said. You know, he went to the, to the tomb, uh, Lazarus's tomb. And, 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 and I just love the simplicity of what he said. He said, Lord, I thank you that you hear me. You always hear me. Just such simplicity there. He said, Lord, I thank you that you always hear me. Even in the midst of, of, of calling somebody out from the dead. He wasn't just like really, really asleep. He was dead. 
And, and, and that was kind of a, that's kind of a big deal. You know, that, that's not just your average, I mean, well, we can say it this way. It's, 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 it's a big deal to us, but to God, it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> that's good to know. In our life, when you think something's just a huge deal, it's really not a huge deal to him. Not that he doesn't care. I say it's not a huge deal because he's not, he's not, he's not weirded out or freaked out or, or discouraged or overwhelmed by what you're asking him for, right? So in the situation, Jesus said, I thank you that you hear me, you always hear me. Do you have that kind of attitude to the Lord? Do you have that kind of attitude when you approach the Lord? I thank you that in worship, I thank you that you hear me. Not that you have to say that, but that's your heart. I gotta, I, well, a lot of times while people don't realize their, their worship, it doesn't, it's not, they don't really put their heart into it because they don't really understand that God actually is listening to them. <laughs> You're not just saying words. It's not just religion. God actually, the, he actually collects the praises of his saints. I mean, that is awesome. This is, it's like a commodity in heaven. I mean, it's, it's valuable. It's in the throne room. There are bowls of incense that are the prayers and the praises of the saints. It's a big deal to God. So tonight, we're worshiping God or whatever it is, or, or you get up in the morning, Father, I love you. Just simple from your heart. Lord, I love you. so good for, good, for, for your goodness. I'm so thankful for, for who you are. I mean, whatever's on your heart, he's actually listening to you. If you don't think he's listening to you, then it won't be something that you'll really want to do or your heart really won't be in it. But you got to know he's listening to you. I encourage you, next time you come to church, the next service we have and worship starts and Steve's up there dancing around, doing whatever it is he does, you know. You're, don't just let the songs just be words you're singing. Just words coming out of your mouth. You're just singing. You're not singing along with Steve or whoever's leading on Wednesday night. You're not just singing along with whoever, I don't know. You're actually, you are actually ministering and singing to the Lord. And he personally is receiving that from you. Can you see the difference in that and how you approach it? And it's not just a mental thing. It allows you to connect your heart. It allows you to connect your heart, the real you to connect with what you're doing. If you'll do that, praise and worship time, no matter what prayer it is, it'll be beneficial to you. It'll, it'll have substance in your life. Anyway, faith is required no matter what we do. Faith is required in all kinds of prayer. A lot of prayer really is not, is not prayer. It's just people whining with a religious voice. And how many know that that's not... Uh, God doesn't hear that stuff. We're just throwing words out there and seeing what'll stick. That's not the prayer of faith, right? And so our faith needs to be involved in this. I have to remember that our prayers are powerful. Go over me to James chapter five. You know the scripture, but you need to see it for yourself. You know, how many know if we see this in the word of God, it's true? No matter what it feels like, it's true. <laughs> no matter what it feels like, it's true. Something that, you know, when I was in prayer school that was talked about a lot was when you're praying in other tongues, the Bible says what? When you, when a, when you speak in, other, in an unknown tongue, what happens? You edify yourself, right? What does the word edify mean? Anybody know? Build up. One translation says charge like a battery. We all have phones and stuff and, and things. You understand what it is to charge something? When the charge run, runs low, the effectiveness of that device becomes limited, right? And, and it, there's only so much life that's there. If you, if you don't have a prayer life, speak praying in other tongues. If, you don't, if you're not doing that, you are not charged up. You're getting weaker by the day. And just because there's not opposition headed your way or things aren't falling apart doesn't mean you're not growing weak. 
You know, the enemy's pretty, pretty smart. I love watching animal videos. Anybody else love? Uh, as a kid, I always loved watching like Merlin, Mar, Mar, Merlin, what was his name? Marlon Perkins? Marlon or Merlin? Marlon, okay, well, he had a big tall hat, Merlin, no, Marlon Perkins, and I used to love watching that on Saturday mornings, and, and I still love watching animal videos, you know, and, and on Instagram, there's some people I, I, I like to follow that always showing some, some crazy stuff going on in Africa, and I'm, ooh, you know, watching it. How many know lions don't tack? They go after the one that gets separated. They go after the one that's off by themselves, that has been left, the security of the herd, and they oftentimes go after the small ones. Or the older ones that, that aren't in the shape they were before, that don't run maybe as fast as they did. I mean, they target certain ones. But how I many know it doesn't happen immediately? They'll pick one out. And I'll, I love watching these cat videos, you know, a, a lion or a leopard or something. They'll sit there and they'll pick one out. And they'll have this thing picked out in this herd as the herd's going through. And they zero in on one animal. And this, you watch a, a big herd of water buffalo, you know, go by. And, 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 and they're, they're zeroed in on one particular animal. They don't take their first opportunity to jump on that thing. They let it get to where the point where it's not paying attention anymore. It's not aware of what's going on. A lot of times, you know, uh, uh, the grace of God, obviously, and mercy of God helps as well. But a lot of times, you know, the enemy's just waiting, waiting for us to just to get off by ourselves and to get really weak. I've had, I had somebody tell me, well, you know, the whole praying in tongues thing. You know, I, I did that. And, 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 and you know, but you know, I've not been praying in tongues for very long. It has, it's been a while since I prayed in tongues. I just haven't been doing it. And, you know, my life didn't seem to be any different. My first word to them was, you need to be careful. You, you need to be careful. Just because things don't seem, that nothing bad has happened, you're getting weaker. If praying in other tongues means you edify yourself, you charge yourself up, it means not praying in other tongues means you're not charging yourself up, right? If, you, if praying in tongues does something, not doing it has an adverse effect, right? You, if it's not, you're, you, you need to be charged up. In the world we live in, we're not in heaven yet. We live in a place where there's all kinds of stuff going on. There's all, always things trying to detract from our power supply, right, and our effectiveness. And if you're not spending time praying in the tongues, you're getting weak, it's the truth. So that's important. Anyway, another type of prayer is a prayer of consecration. Luke 22, Jesus said, if it's, you know, not my will, but your will be done. How many know that's something we need to do every day of our life? Prayer of consecration is huge. Uh, the prayer of commitment, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. You can look at this, 1 Peter. You're in James. Go over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, the, the fifth chapter. Oh, praise God for the prayer of commitment. This is huge. How I many know our burdens we are not supposed to carry on our own? Amen. How I many know the, the, the cares of this life, we should not be carrying those things around? Life wants to bring all kinds of pressure our way. We don't need to carry it. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Everybody wants that, right? Well, verse 7 says, how we do it, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. The prayer of commitment uh, to the Lord is a vital thing that we need to be doing on a regular basis, casting our cares upon the Lord. You know, I think some, one thing Brother Hagin said, this story I, I love, you know, Aretha had come to him one day, and she said, you know, you never get worried about anything. How many of you heard him tell this? He, she said, you never worry about anything. She said, I could probably drop dead right here, and you wouldn't even care. And he said, well, what good would it do me then? 
And Brother Hagin's very matter of fact kind of, now obviously he loved his wife. They were married for many years. But how many of just being consumed with worry uh, uh, and, and fear and anxiety? These, how many, we've got a big problem in our country right now with anxiety. We have a big issue with anxiety in our, in our, in our, in, in our culture today. Now, I don't know if this is a, a, an entirely a brand new deal, but as a teenager, I don't remember, I don't remember this, this phenomenon of just anxiety being everywhere. People in all kinds of anxiety, medicine. I know it happens some, but today it's all over the place. Now, if you deal with that, I'm not condemning you, but I'm just saying, listen, God didn't intend you to live that way. I said, God didn't make you to live that way. And just because the world says it's normal doesn't mean it's normal for you. We're not supposed to be anxious or full of anxiety. You shouldn't be having anxiety attacks. Let's not call it anxiety. That's, that's a devil attack. It's not an anxiety attack. It's a devil attack. Because the Lord, it's not a God attack, right? Because he doesn't bring anxiety. He brings peace. And if it's not peace, who does it come from? It's the enemy. Well, get good at casting your cares upon the Lord. Listen, if you're holding, you say, well, it's, it's real, PG. I need, I need God to do something. I got this thing in my, this need in my life, and it's legit. I need this. Well, you holding on to that care is not going to allow God to do anything with it in the first place. If you're babying that thing, if you're making a home for it in your house, if you're pampering it and letting it grow, <laughs> how many of being anxious about stuff and just fretting over things? That's really what we're doing. We're feeding fear. It's the truth. We're feeding fear. Well, if we're feeding fear, God can't deal with it if we're actively feeding it. So the prayer of commitment, com- uh, casting their cares upon the Lord. We have the prayer of uh, uh, intercession. Uh, and boy, what, what an awesome deal the prayer of intercession is. What an opportunity this is, but also what a responsibility this is. You know, it's one of the, the sins that the, the children of Israel made. It's one of the sins. It was in this area. They didn't pray. They didn't pray for their nation. It's one of the things that, that the Lord held against them because they didn't pray for their nation is why they went into captivity. Look it up. That's one of the reasons why they went into captivity because they didn't pray. People didn't get on their knees and pray for their nation to set aside judgment. They fell into trouble because of that. So the prayer of intercession really is uh, uh, praying for others. We have uh, an example in Genesis, obviously, uh, Abraham uh, we're reading in our, in our we're reading in our daily reading, right? Uh, Abraham praying for Lot. We're right now we're in the area of, of Abraham and Lot, and, and he went before the Lord. Listen, so listen. If there is fifty righteous, you know, spare Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's forty five righteous, forty righteous. He went on down the list. They got down to ten righteous. What was he doing? He there was a prayer. He was interceding for for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He was doing it on behalf of, of Lot and his family. But, um, you know, it, the prayer of intercession is such an important thing. Can I just tell you, if the Lord puts somebody in your heart, please respond to that. Please respond to that. Please respond to that. To, to identify with somebody else and to pick up uh, in the spirit. Listen, the Lord would not lay somebody on your heart to pray for if they didn't need you to pray for them. And we have a responsibility. Of course, everybody, if you have something going on in your life, you want somebody to pray for you. Anybody ever had something going on and some, you knew people were praying for you? You could tell? Isn't that, isn't that a blessing? Or have somebody come up, listen, I was thinking about you this week and I've been praying for you. Isn't that, isn't that a blessing and encouragement to you? You might say, well, I've never had that happen before. <laughs> if you've never had that happen before, it might be because you've never done it for anybody else. Side thought. 
People, people, people want the blessings of God. They want, they want people, they want support and all this stuff, but they're not willing to do it for somebody else. How many know there's a, there's a biblical law of sowing and reaping? Even in this area, if you never do any sowing, you may not get a whole lot of reaping in this area. Amen, it's the truth. So really, you know, yielding to God in this area as well is also good for you because you, 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 you know, God's always gonna, God loves you regardless He's always going to be looking for somebody. There's just about somebody who is willing to invest in somebody else that God will not give up. This, might, this one might ignore it. That one might ignore it. That one might ignore it. That one might ignore it. But he's going to keep right on going. Why? Because you've sown in this area and sown in this area. God's going to continue. God would be faithful to you. I encourage you in this area of prayer, prayer of intercession, be faithful. If God lays it on you. Make yourself available to God. Has, I, don't, I forgot to start the clock. Man, okay. Got the Anderson thing. Anybody know how long I've talked? An hour, an hour and a half. Dan said an hour and a half. That immediately makes me doubt his math on the crowd. So, uh, hour and a half. So you're saying there's like 30 people there, Dan? Okay, but anyway, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been a few minutes, but we'll, we'll, we'll move along. Uh, 30? It's been 30 minutes? Oh, Michelle would know. Okay, <laughs> just kidding. It's been 30 minutes. Okay, Michelle's like, wrap it up. All right, so uh, what was I saying for that? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you make yourself available, I can tell you right now, God is looking for people to intercede for others. We, we don't have a plethora or, a, or an abundance of people doing this. We really don't. In the body of Christ, and, and we can intercede for people that are in the body of Christ. We can also intercede for people outside of the body of Christ. People in the will of God, people out of the will of God. But I can tell you, there is not enough people doing this. And if every believer, this will be a challenge for our church, if every member of this church will make yourself available, I will guarantee you, God will take you up on it, and it'll happen pretty quickly. There is such a need that's out there. You know, it's such a cool thing in the, that, that when we make ourselves available to prayer of intercession, that God, it's so cool how this works. I mean, really, it's an honor to pray regardless because you're praying out the will of God and then you get to see it come to pass. What, what an awesome thing that is, right? I mean, it's cool to have prayed something out and a few months later you see it happening. To see things happening and, and because... As you begin to do this, do this more, you'll, you'll develop an awareness. Oftentimes the Lord will tell you, sometimes he won't tell you because he doesn't want you messing it up. But a lot of times, he, sometimes he will tell you what you're praying about and you'll get glimpses or, or, or images or pictures or partial uh, uh, insight on what you're praying about. And it is such a cool deal. Week, two weeks, month, two months, a year, three years down the road, suddenly something happens and you know on the inside it happened because I prayed. And, and you know, and things are starting to happen, and you can see it happen because you've already been there. How? In the spirit, you were already there. In prayer, you were already, how I many know God's not limited by time? One of the cool things about God, he, he was, he is, and he is to come. Now think about it for a minute. He was, that means right now he was. At the very moment we're talking, he was, he, he's in our past. And the, but he's also here right now. But how many know he's also at the same moment in our future? How does that work? I don't know. I do believe we'll get a glimpse of it when we get to heaven. How many know living by faith is really living free of time? It, it is our learning to live free of time. 
don't know if you, you, know, if you know if you know that what but living by faith is really learning to live free of time. But you can pray about something, the Lord can deal with you to pray about something, and while you're praying, He's working it out in the future, and it just takes you a little bit of time to get there. But that's pretty cool. But what I was saying is we need people who will do this. We need people to do I know I've gone to a Lord, you know, because sometimes we forget. Have you ever been there where you just forget to make yourself available? You get busy, right, right? We've all been there, right? Say, so Lord, you know, I realize you've not been talking to me about this in a while. And the Lord begins to stir in my heart. You know, I'm needing some help. Think about that. God needs our help sometimes. And so the Lord began to deal with it. He needs some help. I need some help. I need some help. And so, you know what, Lord, I'm available. If there's anybody you want me to pray for or a situation you want me to cover in prayer, here I am. What am I, what am I doing? I'm making myself available to the Lord. I have found almost instantly someone will come to my attention. And you can say, well, that was a random thought. Where'd that come from? From the Holy Ghost. Well, learn to respond to that. And, and, and if you'll do it, you'll begin to sense when it's just you, pizza you ate last night, or when it's the Holy Ghost, you'll learn. But we need more people to, be, to, 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 to give themselves to this area. Holds off judgment. Thank God for it. Prayer of supplication. Really, this is a quality of prayer. We already read in Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Supplication means fervent prayer, heartfelt prayer. How many of our prayers need not be offhanded? They need to be heartfelt, right? They need, they need to be something that we're, 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 we're for real about, we're intense about, we're serious about. That doesn't, the, 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 the ferventness of it isn't dependent upon the curl of our brow, but it's really the position of your heart. Fervent prayer is necessary in all of them. So supplication is a fervent, heartfelt prayer. Note, remember in James said, the fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much. Did I have you turn there a minute ago and we never read it? Did we read it? No, did I tell you to turn there? And I just moved right on? Yeah. All right, well, good for me. All right, so are you still there? What's wrong with you? All right, <laughs> we moved on. All right. You get up here and have Michelle tapping her watch at you, and you tell me what you think. All right. So the fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails little. No, it said it avails much. That's right. I was talking about, I was talking about Jim Hockaday at prayer school, wasn't I? Yes. Oh, now I know where I am. So that's what happens sometimes. Rabbit trails, you just, you know, you just forget where you are, but it's all good. But anyway, uh, uh, now I forgot it again. Oh, dear Lord, help me. It's Steve. It's Steve. Let me get away from Steve. It's Steve. All right. Um, yeah, something in prayer school uh, uh, that I, that, that, what is the exact way to say that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Somebody had said this. It seems often that our prayers lack the depth that heaven requires. Seems as though our prayer, prayers lack the depth that heaven requires. And, and for a long time, that kind of just puzzled me a little bit. Like, seems like our prayers lack the depth that heaven requires. Like, what are you talking about? And in prayer school, you know, I was out there, we talked, obviously it's prayer school. We talked about prayer and we did a lot of praying. That's what we did. And um, uh, I realized it really is tied to this issue of fervency. And, and you can't be fervent if you don't know that your prayers avail much right? Knowing that your prayers avail much and it's powerful and being fervent in prayer requiring the depth that heaven requires, they're tied together. Can I just say, develop that in your life. Learn what that is. It's something that, uh, I'm quoting a lot of people, Bruce Black said, and we were in Jacksonville, he said this and I never forgot it. He said, talking about prayer, he said, you know, the subject of prayer is something that it's, it's best taught, or caught, not taught. 
The subject of prayer is best caught, not taught. Now, we have to teach on these things, but until you get it, put it into action and begin to do it, you won't catch the spirit of it. If you'll do this, you'll, you'll, under, you'll understand what I mean about being fervent and being heartfelt and being uh, passionate in your praying. It doesn't, I said it's not a volume thing necessarily. Uh, it's not a, 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 an intense look thing necessarily, but it's, it's, it's an attitude or position of the heart. So fervent prayer is required. So anyway, uh, praise God. So we have that. But the last two that I just kind of want to take a couple minutes and look at, because I've been talking forever, um, is the prayer of agreement and united prayer. Go with me over to Acts chapter 3. We'll, 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 we'll wrap this up pretty quick. Acts, the third chapter. Uh, we have the account here of Peter and John uh, at the temple uh, going in to pray. And, of course, they prayed for the lame man at the gate, uh, the gate beautiful. And, and uh, obviously he was raised up. And, um, and that, that these, this man was somebody that everybody recognized and everybody knew. And um, then, of course, you know, uh, after this happened, Peter and John uh, began to preach. Peter began to preach them. I'm so grateful that Peter, uh, he told it like it was. He didn't sugarcoat it. He just laid it out there, you know. How uh, uh, I many know we need to be real with people, but in love, right? And uh, so he just laid it out there. But in, it is love to be real with people. It's not love to not be real with people. But you can do it in a spirit of love. Amen. Uh, but he began to, he just kind of laid the gospel out there for them and Verse 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so times of refreshing may come uh, from the presence of the Lord. Of course, you know, that get, got a lot of people angry. Uh, in Acts chapter 4, we have Peter and John uh, were arrested. Uh, you know, the devil, anytime we're making progress and doing things and, and affecting the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light, the enemy's gonna rear his ugly, stupid head. And so uh, this is what happened. They were arrested. And... Um, um, so the people here were praying, and, and they prayed here in Acts, in Acts chapter 4, uh, the 23rd verse, uh, being let go. Uh, they went to their own company and reported all the things that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth. They began to pray. They began to, uh, uh, to seek the Lord and pray. Uh, pray. There is something about united prayer that is necessary for our success. United prayer doesn't just necessarily mean repeating the same words together like we're repeating somebody, but it's praying together for the same purpose and the same reason. And so they lifted their voice in one accord. That's what one accord is all about. How many know that our, our, being in one accord in, in can, can, is necessary in all types of prayer if it involves other people? How many know our, when we're together, corporately worshiping the Lord, there's a difference between people worshiping the Lord on their, kind of with their own agenda and then also us worshiping the Lord in one accord. There's a difference there. Anytime you do something with the body, with the group, a oneness of heart is necessary. For lack of a better way to say it, a oneness of heart is necessary for it to produce. And if you're not in that flow, if you're not connected, if you're not in that one heart, not only are your prayers in that situation not as effective as they could be, uh, uh, the response, God's ability to respond to you personally in that area isn't what it should be. So we need to be connected uh, uh, in one accord. It says here that they, uh, when they heard all the things that were said, they raised their voice to God in one accord and began to pray. There is power in united prayer when our hearts are one. There's power there. I think we don't realize how much power we have when we pray, when they have a prayer request. And we pray, we're not just praying over something just to pray over something. And I hope that when whoever's up here praying, 
is praying that prayer request, people aren't just like, okay, let's just get through this to the next part of the service. No, it's that we are, we are in a position, it's, there's another aspect involved in the prayer of agreement. We'll look at that in a minute. But it's united prayer. We're praying with the same goal and the, and the same purpose, praying together. There is power when we do that. If you had a need, you want people to be agreeing or united in prayer with you, right? We pray for, you know, uh, our sister in the hospital today. If that were you fighting pneumonia, you won't want people to be united in prayer with you, right? Well, we need to be united in prayer with one another. It produces. We see here, uh, after they prayed, verse 29, verse 29 uh, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants with all boldness that may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31, and when they prayed, nothing happened. That's not what it says, right? It says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. One of the things they were asking for was boldness when they spoke the word. And what happened? God responded to their united prayer, their one accord prayer. He responded not just by shaking the place, but by doing the exact thing they asked for. So united prayer is huge. United prayer is a big part of what we do. It's a part of the, of, of the ministry of the family of God. It's part of our connection with one another is united prayer. There's a lot of instances in the Bible of united prayer. You have a, a Paul and Silas as another example. People say, that was the prayer of worship. If you read in Acts 16, it says they prayed and sang praises to the Lord. They prayed, they prayed about their situation and sang praises to the Lord. They didn't just sing praises to the Lord. But they prayed and sang praises. They were in agreement about what they were praying about. Well, what happened there? The place was shaken. They were set free. The jailer and his family were born again. I mean, it was a supernatural deal, right? There is power in the uh, uh, united prayer uh, together when we pray together. Um, uh, James, or uh, let's go to Acts chapter 12. I'm going to look at this one, Acts chapter 12. You had a couple instances where... where People were coming against uh, different ones, different leaders in the church, and, and because they united in prayer, God was able to move. Well, in Acts chapter 12, it says, in verse 1, it says, Now about the time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. How I many you know that's not God's will? That is not God's will. And I'll tell you this, you know, the enemy would like to take a lot of people out. He would like to take a lot of people out. You know, well, if you're in this, a side note, if you're in the position where you're always wanting your voice to be heard, you ought to be careful about it. Because <laughs> if God ain't call, hasn't called you to do that, you're just setting yourself up to be a target that you really don't want to be. But the enemy here targeted James, and he was killed. Wasn't God's will? Well, why did that happen? Well, we see in the next verses how, how the church responded. Verse 3, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the day of, days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and, prison and delivered him to, the, to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Verse 25, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Constant prayer was offered for him by the church. United prayer for Peter. They saw their mistake with James. They did it differently with Peter. Peter's life was spared. James' life was missed because they didn't do their job. 
United, constant united prayer connected to one another is huge, is vastly important. It's such an important thing, amen? And then we have the prayer of agreement. You can go over to Matthew chapter 18. I know these are things that we know, but we need to be just reminded of them. Like I said, the, the Lord specifically uh, told me to talk about prayer tonight, so that's what we're doing. But we need to be stirred up in these things. If we want this year to be different, we need to spend more time in prayer. Wanting things to 2019 to be different for you is good, but you also need to be motivated to do something about it primarily in the area of prayer. Primarily in the area of prayer. And if you're available, God will help you. I'll use you to help somebody else during this period as well. But in Matthew chapter 18, in the 18th verse, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. How many know that, that uh, well, we, we don't have time to go into all that, but how many know there are things on the earth that need to be bound? There are things on the, on the, on the earth that need to be loosed. How many know there are things in heaven that need to be bound? In heaven? They, well, there, you know there's more than one heaven, right? You have heaven where God is, but you also have heavenly places, and there are spiritual forces that work in heavenly places that need to be bound. Well, they'll get bound because God needs them bound, so he'll bind them. It doesn't work that way. Remember the story Brother Hagin gave, you know, that the Lord Jesus appeared to him and this demon showed up and was, was going yakety-yak and was, was talking and in between him and the Lord and, and he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. Jesus didn't stop what he was saying. He kept right on talking. And then this little evil spirit, he was obviously Brother Hagin was seeing into the realm of the spirit. He's seeing Jesus, but he also saw this evil spirit and this thing's jumping around, yakety-yak, making all this noise. And, and Brother Hagin was thinking, well, why didn't he do something about this? I wonder how many times we've done that when the Lord's trying to talk to us about something the enemy is, is saying yakety-yak in our life. Why, don't, why, why isn't God making it easy for me to hear? There might be spiritual influences affecting your hearing. If you can't hear from God, it's not because God's not talking. It's either we don't believe we can hear from him or something is getting in the way. If you know you can hear from God yet you're not hearing, you need to take authority over the thing that's causing you not to hear. God doesn't need a megaphone. He doesn't, he doesn't need, you know, he doesn't need any of these things. To get, he can get to you right where you are in your language. He's very good at it. If you're not hearing it, there's a, something's wrong. A lot of times the enemy's just causing interference. And so Brother Hagin kept thinking, well, when's he going to do anything? When's he going to say something? Well, finally he just got so mad. He said, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And the little thing, you know, scurried off and, and he was gone. And, and so he was like, and so the Lord, you know, was like, well, he's like, why do you do something about that? And he said, well, I can't do something. That's your job to do something about that. Well, there are things in spiritual places that need to be bound. You know, one of the things that, that, that um, I'll just say this as a side note, you know, let's spend a lot of time praying for our families. Parents, your number one responsibility is praying for your children. Your number one responsibility is praying for your children. The area of prayer is not for yourself, for your children. Be faithful to pray for your kids. Every day I pray for my children, not just to protect them, not just that God would watch over them, which I pray that, Lord, protect them. I pray that, that they, it's easy for them to know him, that there's grace upon their life. Even though they're human, they make mistakes, that God's always working with them, always dealing with them. No matter where they find themselves, he's always wooing them back to himself. Lord, you reveal yourself then. What am I doing? I'm loosing the presence of God and the power of God in their life, Right? I do this on a, every day, and I pray for their future spouses. Every day, I, 
And if you're in here, you better watch. I'm just kidding. Uh, I pray for their future spouses, right? Whoever this person is, Lord, that you're revealing yourself to them, that you're moving on their life, that you're showing yourself strong to them, that you're arranging their futures, that you're bringing people across their path. I pray for them every day. That's my responsibility. It's, I said it's my responsibility. It's our responsibility. We need to loose these things. And, and sometimes things, listen, our lack of prayer and loosing and, and binding, if, if there's something crazy going on, some influence at school, take authority over that thing. Bind it in the name of Jesus. Bind that thing in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm not the least bit worried about my kids going to public school. I just, now, if you don't like it, if you want to go to private school, do your thing. That's you, right? But for me, it doesn't bother me at all because I know God's a bigger God than, than public school. Now, you got to do what your heart tells you to do. The Lord may direct you to do something else, and that's your business. I'm telling for me, I don't live in fear about this. Sometimes private school is the worst place you can send your kids. You need to pray more because they're in private school. How many know the devil's running around Christian schools more than he is public schools sometimes? Come on now. <laughs> but we need to take authority over these things. When they can't do it for themselves, don't know to do it for themselves, it's our job to do it for them. Praise God. Prayer of agreement. He goes on to say, again, I say to you, verse 19, if two of you on earth agree, or two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. If, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I know we like to use that scripture a lot of times, you know, that we're two or three are gathered together. He's in our midst when we're in worship and, and praise and worship together, which is true. I mean, you know, he's with us even in that state even when we're by ourselves. He's with us even when you wake up in the morning, he's going to be with you, right? He said he'll never leave you or forsake you. Now, there is something true when we're together in corporate worship that he does join together with us in a different way. But this is specifically talking about the prayer of agreement. Husbands and wives, two people who get in agreement about anything, you don't have to be married, but there's a special bond there when you're married. But other people can get, you can get in agreement. You can be somebody that somebody in the church can go to if they need somebody to be in agreement with them. That's what our prayer requests are about. United prayer, but also the prayer of agreement. You can, you can be available to agree with people about things. There is such power in that. Don't try to do stuff on your own. If you have something facing you, get somebody to agree with you. If it seems, if you're struggling with it, if you're, if you're the least bit unsure, get somebody to be in agreement with you to, to, to help you, right? Prayer of agreement is huge. You know, a lot of these things, like I said, these are things that we know, but it's the church's responsibility, the whole church, to pray out the details of, of, of the church and the members of our church. None of us are islands unto ourselves. None of us are islands unto ourselves. It's our responsibility to pray for one another, not just ourselves, but to pray for one another and to pray out the will of God for this church. You know, I, like I said, you know, had on my heart to talk about prayer. And I want to stir you up in these areas of different kinds of, be open. What's the right kind of prayer? It's the prayer that's needed at the moment. Because not always, not every type of prayer is needed at the same time. But if we're endeavoring to follow the spirit of God and open What's needed, he will direct us to do when it's necessary. But if there's certain ones we're not comfortable with, we don't know how it works, we've not developed a, 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 an ease 
to flowing with this. When it's needed, we either won't recognize it or won't know what to do with it. And so, you know, this year as we're moving forward, I believe that, that as a church, that as members and people who are joined together with one another, we need to take up this responsibility and this opportunity and this calling, right, to, to, to be sensitive to the Spirit of God in the area of prayer. Uh, I know, you know, we, on Monday nights when Pastor and Pastor Angela are gone, we pray for them. And we don't just do that because I'm trying to get brownie points. I said before, I don't need brownie points. I got grand, I gave them grandkids, right? So I don't need brownie points. It's, it's something we do because it's, it's the right, it's necessary. It's necessary. And it's, it's, it's not as, it's not as, it's a little awkward to do when they're sitting right there. It's far easier to do when they're not there, right? But we do this when, we're not, when, when they're not here. But, you know, you can do this on your own. You can also do this for one another on your own. If you're available, God will use you in these, in these areas. He will use you. He's needing people to be available. He's needing people to be available. When you see somebody that's struggling, don't just think, oh, they're struggling. Or somebody who's not doing what they ought to do. Don't say, oh, they're just missing it. Get on your knees and spend time praying for them. Well, that's the truth. Had other scriptures we could read, but we'll stay with that. God is faithful. Let's all stand for a minute. Like I said, as a church, we're in a season of prayer. And, and God is endeavoring to find people that will cooperate with him in this area and to be available. And I don't know about you, but this year I'm endeavoring to be more available than I've ever been to the Lord when he asked me to pray. And, and if you'll make, and if you're sincere, if you'll make this, this, this commitment to the Lord, uh, God will use you. You also see that this year you'll grow like you've never grown before. You know, one of the best ways to get your own needs taken care of is not to worry about your own needs and pray about somebody else's. Is to spend time going to the Lord on behalf of somebody else and forget about yourself, but put somebody else first. It's funny how God will just move on your behalf in a huge way. I found the more you pray for other people, the less you have to pray about yourself because stuff just seems to, it just seems to go the way it should go. God just moves the direction he needs to move in your life. As a church, can we make the commitment not only to him, but to one another to pick it up in this area? If you can't come on Monday nights, I get it, cool. If you can't come, you can't come. No, no, we're not condemning anybody. But don't, I will say this, don't let a nonsense reason, or you could say this way, uh, just a general taste for other things replace a hunger for God. We're talking tonight about being passionate, right? How do you stay passionate? Don't develop a taste for other things. Maintain your, your, your palate for the things of God. You'll stay, you'll stay hungry for God, right? There'll be passion in your life if you don't get satisfied with other things. So if you, but if you just can't come on Monday night, you just can't come. Tomorrow night, I'll have to ask somebody to lead over here because the youth and singles will be praying next door for a winter treat. But come tomorrow night. Uh, if you can come, come. But if you can't, Make yourself available to the Lord. Make it a, a part of your life. You say, well, if I do that, all this different type of prayer, dear Lord, I'll be praying all the time. No, God will use you when he needs you. There may be seasons where you spend a lot of time praying. There may be days where it seems like the Lord wants you to draw away and, and spend time. You can do this even at work. While you're working, you're, you're busy being a good employee, but You've got this inner conversation going on with the Lord, right? You're just under your breath, maybe praying in other tongues about the situation and just yielding yourself in the spirit. Well, do that. There may be other times where he lays something on your heart and it literally takes you five minutes. 
And you're like, bam, bam, bam. You get in there and you just, and you do business with the Lord. And, and, and you know, you, you know you're, you're handling things he's wanting you to handle. And, and man, you get a sense of victory and joy. Man, I got that done. Well, praise God. Other times you have to do a little bit more. Sometimes it takes days to get through things. And you have an hour here or 10 minutes here or 15 minutes here or, you know, your car rides home for the next week. He may deal with you. Well, do that if he's dealing with you. If we'll do that as a church, we'll see a lot of things happen. Something Stephen said to me, I think the Lord told you this, about you know, our, 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 what Brother Hagin said about our church. Are you the one, did you tell me that? Yeah. The Lord had brought this to his attention about what he said about our church, that the devil will fight us every step of the way, but we'll take off like a rocket, right? We know the whole, the whole prophecy he gave, we run it before service. Just because the Lord says something doesn't mean the God side of it will happen just because he said it. I mean, on the devil side, he, he's been, the devil, the problem with most believers, the devil is way more consistent than we are. And that really is really the problem with the church. The devil is way more persistent than we are. And, you know, the devil would like to fight us every step of the way, but as a church, the taking off like a rocket part won't just happen because the devil fights us every step of the way. I mean, that's not in response to the devil's attack. It should be people taking that up in prayer. When's the last time you prayed about that? When's the last time you spent time praying about the things that have been spoken over the, this church and, and over people in this church? Things that, that have been, things we hear I know I gotta stop. Things that you've heard spoken by other people in this room. You can pray about that. You heard something somebody said about Josh, and you remember something somebody said, and 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 you remember that, so you you go before the Lord on that, right? You go to the Lord with that thing and you you say, Lord, you said such and such, I'm gonna pray for Josh. I mean, we can do that for one another. If we want to see these things come to pass, it doesn't just happen because God wants it to, it's because somebody prayed. Somebody prayed is why these things happen. Can you guys see the importance of it? At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.